Hi, my name is William Earnhardt, and I am here to share with you death in light of the cross. When Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep, he was referring to death as a state of unconscious sleep, like being asleep. The dead do not know anything at this time and are not awakened until the last trump at Christ's second coming. See Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6, Job 14, 12, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 55, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Why is it important to know the truth about death? Well, the teaching that you don't really die is a lie Satan started in the Garden of Eden when he told Eve, ye shall not surely die. By telling this lie, Satan hoped to get Eve and all mankind to believe that there's really no consequence for disobeying God. He also wants us to believe that we are all immortal regardless if we have a relationship with God or not. This opens the door for spiritualism, where people may actually be communicating with the devil and his angels, thinking they are talking with their dead loved ones. Our salvation does not come from knowing what happens when we die. Our salvation is found alone in God's love. However, no lie is ever harmless. And when Satan told the lie, you shall not surely die, not only was he lying, but he was calling God a liar. Not a safe path for us to follow. Why is it important that we understand death in the light of the cross? First of all, if you don't really die, then Jesus did not really die for us and we still need a savior. The lie that we don't really die destroys the cross and everything Jesus endured and accomplished on it. If Jesus was not really tasting death, like Hebrews 2.9 says, then we've just minimized the cross to a six-hour pain endurance marathon. I remember sitting in a funeral a while back for a little girl who was hit and killed by a car. Her mother sat on the front pew sobbing uncontrollably. Meanwhile, the pastor talked about how happy the little girl and Jesus were right now up in heaven. Do you know how cruel that made Jesus look to the poor mother? Would Jesus tear a mother's heart apart just to go have fun with her daughter? I don't think so. The little girl is resting in her grave, according to the Bible, and will be united with Jesus in heaven when the mother is reunited with her at the second coming. For further study on what happens when we die, let's go to Genesis chapter two, verse seven. <coughs> Sorry, I'll be reading from the uh, New Living Translation. And what we wanna ask here is what did Adam become? And Genesis 2, 7 reads, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and then man became a living person. Genesis 2, 7. Or in the King James Version, it says, Then man became a living soul. To be a living soul, you must have combination of breath and a body. 
breath and a body equal a soul or a person. Without the body and breath, there is no soul or person. Just like a box made of wood and nails. The box is the combination of wood and nails. Take the nails away from the wood and you don't have a box. Take the breath away from the body and there is no more soul. Let's take a look at Ecclesiastes 12.7. Whose spirit returns to God? And it says here, for then, the uh, Ecclesiastes 12.7 reads, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12.7. Now here it, it sounds, you know, to a lot of people like, our spirit goes right to God. We return to God when we die. But this is where it's important to compare Bible passages with other Bible passages to get the big picture. So let's go to Job 27 verse 3 and we'll find out what the spirit is. Job 27 verse 3 reads, As long as I live while I have breath from God. Now the King James Version says, all the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. The NLT makes it clear that the Spirit is simply our breath. So in Ecclesiastes 12.7, when it says the Spirit returns to God when we die, all that returns to God when we die is our breath. Nothing conscious returns to God upon death. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 104, verse 29, it reads, But if you turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. So there again, we see the breath God takes back. The breath returns to God, just like in Job 27, 3, that word spirit, it was simply breath. The word spirit in the King James Version was simply breath in the New Living Translation. So the word spirit translates to breath. All that God is taking back when we die is our breath. As a matter of fact, let's go back to uh, Job and take a look at Job 14 verse 10. Here an age-old question is asked. Job 14:10 reads, but when people die, their strength is gone. They breathe their last, and then where are they? Now, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what happens, but again, we need to let the Bible interpret itself. And two verses later, the Bible gives us the answer from Scripture. Job 14.12 reads, People are laid to rest and do not rise until the heavens are no more. They will not wake up nor be roused from their sleep. Job 14, 12. So are our loved ones watching us from heaven? Job 14, 21 reads, They never know if their children grow up in honor or sink to insignificance. Job 14, 21. So no, our loved ones who have died are not watching us from heaven. They are asleep. They don't know anything as a matter of fact. 
Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5 through 6. And we'll see here, how much do the dead know? And Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6 reads, The living at least know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, nor are they remembered. Whatever they did in their lifetime, loving, hating, envying, is all gone. They no longer play a part in anything here on earth. Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6. So uh, right now as I'm recording this, uh, Halloween is coming up and people love to go to haunted houses and people will make up stories about this uh, person who lived in this house was murdered in this house and and now their spirit comes back to this haunted mansion seeking justice. But yet in Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6, it says that that their their hatred is gone. And they don't come back either because they love the place. Their, their love is gone. They don't know anything. Let's take a look at John 11, 11 through 14. What did Jesus call death? Then he said, this is John 11, 11 through 14. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was, they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. John 11, 11 through 14. So nowhere in the Bible does Jesus ever say that somebody died and went home to be with the Lord. He sure didn't say that about Lazarus. Paul never talks about anybody who died and went home to be with the Lord. Nowhere is that phrase used in the Bible. The Bible always refers to death as a sleep, a state of unconsciousness. Let's take a look at John 11. 17. How long had Lazarus been dead? John 11:17 reads, When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. So he was, was very dead. Uh, let's take a look at John 11, verse 24. Did Martha believe Lazarus was in heaven when he died? And John 11:24 reads, Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. So Martha understood the Bible teaching about the state of the dead. Let's take a look at John 11, 43 through 44. Was Lazarus called down from heaven, hell or the grave? John 11 43, 44 reads, Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. John 11, 
43 through 44. Surely, if we went straight to heaven when we died, Jesus wouldn't be calling Lazarus back from heaven. What kind of favor would that be? Right? Here we see in the story of Lazarus that Lazarus was asleep. He was dead. He knew nothing. They knew that except for this miracle that Jesus performed, that Lazarus would rise in the resurrection at the last day. Let's take a look now at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 16 to 23. When are the dead raised? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was rise, raised at the heart. I'm sorry, Christ was raised as the first of the harvest then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 23. So here, verse 23 is so clear. All who belong in Christ will be raised when he comes back. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that people are raised and go to heaven when they die. The Bible teaches us the dead don't know anything. They're asleep. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 to 54. So when do we receive immortality? 1 Timothy chapter 6 tells us only God is immortal. The soul is not naturally immortal. The soul that sins will die, John uh, 3.16 says those who do not believe will perish. Okay, so when does the soul receive immortality? 1 Corinthians 15, 51-54 reads, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into to the bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 23, 
We saw that the dead are raised when Jesus comes back. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54, we read again, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised forever. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. Again, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about people dying and going straight to heaven. And as a matter of fact, in Acts 2.34, it talks about the fact that David is still in his grave. But we do have hope and comfort in the resurrection. Let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 reads, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. So here Paul tells us very clearly that our loved ones will be raised from their sleep, raised from death when Jesus returns and we will meet them in the air to be with them and the Lord forever. And then he, speaking of the resurrection, he, he says, encourage each other with these words in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to encourage somebody by telling them that their dead loved one is already in heaven. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus or Paul or anybody else refer to somebody dying and going straight to heaven. We need to encourage each other with the words that Paul told us to encourage each other with so that we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And the encouragement, the encouraging words that the Bible tells us to use are words about the resurrection and the second coming when those who have died in love with Jesus are raised from the dead when Jesus returns to meet those who are living and in love with Jesus. And we will meet together and be with Jesus for the rest of eternity. Friends, this is a very important topic because when we believe things the Bible doesn't even teach about going straight to heaven when we die, uh, that first of all is supporting the lie of, of the serpent in Genesis 3 saying you will not surely die. It opens the door to spiritualism. And, and just like that poor mother who was told at the funeral that her daughter was up in heaven having a great time with Jesus right now while she was sobbing uncontrollably 
It distorts the very character of God. God is a God of love. He was grieving with that mother. And he'll be united with that little girl when when the mother is reunited with the girl at the resurrection. Right now, that little girl knows nothing. The next thing she'll know is Jesus coming. And all of our dead loved ones, the very next thing, their very next thought will be seeing Jesus coming to take us home to be with him forever. Friends, I want to be ready for that day, don't you? If you have any more questions about this topic or about uh, your personal salvation, I would love for you to reach out to me at racer3, that's R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E at gmail.com. Again, you spell out the three in racer3. So my email is racer 3 R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and God bless you.